Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Simple Pin Podcast. Today, we have a special interview for you with one of my favorite people to talk to, Kate Doster. She has so much wisdom and experience in selling digital products, and she's going to bring that to the podcast around the topic of creating digital products that people are addicted to buying. I love, love, love that. We're also going to tackle the topic of are you a good marketer or are you a good product creator? And really how to find where your sweet spot is and then how to thread the needle between those two places. We have several links for you. So you'll want to scroll down in your podcast app and click on those when we mention them in the episode. And we also dive into bundles, how you can do your own self bundle, but how you can join with other audiences to do a collaborative bundle that will help your business grow. Before we dive in, I just want to take this moment to remind you that Simple Pin Media, we are an agency. We are a Pinterest marketing agency that has been doing Pinterest for the last 10 years. We have a team that has managed all different Pinterest accounts, all different sizes across various niches. And we are more excited to empower your growth in 2024 by making your Pinterest precise, clear, concise, and exponentially more effective for you than if you were to do it on your own. Book a discovery call with our team. We have a really amazing, friendly, and knowledgeable team of people who are eager to understand your business, unravel any confusion, and really illustrate how our services can help elevate your presence on Pinterest. This is not a strategy call. It's really an opportunity for you to figure out, is Pinterest the next step for you? And is Simple Pin Media the one who's going to take your Pinterest game to the next level? So if you're ready to take the leap, go to simplepinmedia.com services now to schedule your free discovery call or just scroll down in your podcast app and grab that link. We look forward to helping you figure out if us managing Pinterest for you is the next step. And just a note, we do both organic and paid ads. All righty, let's dive into my conversation with Kate Doster. You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast. Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Kate Doster, welcome to the Simple Pin Podcast. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I always reflect on the very first time you pitched me to come on the podcast, and it's probably the one pitch that stood out to me for life. So way to way to hold that award in my brain. Yay! Go you. <laughs> I was so excited. Um, so for people who haven't listened to the previous podcast that we had you on here, um, tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Hey, everybody. So I'm Kate Doster of katedoster.com, host of the Do the Brave Thing online business podcast. And I am just super excited to help good people make good money and to not feel guilty like they're this horrible, rotten spammer face for actually making money on the internet. Because I know there can be a lot of like shady characters, but you're not a shady character and wanting to make money and to earn money and to do sales. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So I try to take really intimidating things like putting yourself out there, actually writing emails to your list, creating digital products, and make them seem really approachable and unintimidating. 
When did you kind of have this aha moment about all of that as you're growing your business? When were you like, yeah, this is what I want to do? I think that it came through really with email marketing. And that's what our one of our last discussions was all about. And it's still one of those things that I'm really known for. And I'd started out as a copywriter. And when you're a copywriter at the W, you have to write a lot of sales messages in different ways. You can do home pages, you can do sales pages, landing pages. And I just always really loved email. And I realized that my particular person in general, they don't want to annoy people. And we've all been on the receiving end of like really just bad emails. And we're like, Oh my goodness, like we've got so many. So that is why I was just so passionate. Like, you know, like, let's take this niche. Like it's proven that if someone's on your email list, that they're more likely to buy than anybody else. So like, let's make it so people actually get excited about their list, but that they actually get results from it as well. So that's why I was just like, yeah, this is, this is it for me. Like, I love this. Right. And to not make it. Yeah, because I think there's a distinct difference. And I probably realized this. I feel crazy saying this, but like two years ago, where I realized there's a difference between somebody who can create a really good product and a difference between somebody who can market a good product, right? And somebody might be really good at marketing and somebody might be really good at creating a product. And I think you have demonstrated kind of threading that needle between both marketing in a really authentic way that feels good to you and then creating a great product so that both of those things aligned. And I don't think I realized that until actually I just said the sentence. Do you feel like that's you as well? Like you can straddle both good marketing and good product creation? I like to think so. I will say my product creation, I do tend to go a bit overboard. So all my educational designers are like, they're going to get a little stuck because you're throwing so much stuff at there. So all hobbits die hard when it comes to that, because I will give you literally everything and the kitchen sink and the dirty dishes and the towel and then show you how to like knit the towel to get there. So I'm always working on trying to scale back stuff because I always try to come back to if I want people to be able to make money, how can I get them to take action repeatedly and faster? And so when I sort of come at at that one, I'm like, yes, that is definitely it. Like, I feel like if you can get people and you can say motivate them to buy, then you can motivate them in your product to actually take action and to help. So I like to think that I'm pretty good at both. Okay, you said that word educational designers. Tell me a little bit more about that, because I don't hear a lot of people talk about that. So I have this friend, her name is Emily Walker, and she is an educational like expert. So she actually helps people design their courses and their products. Um, you know, she has a background in teaching. She's got degrees in this. Like this is what she did in a nine to five job is being able to put together these things to get people in corporate to be able to function for things. And so like I said, one of my drawbacks is she's very was like, instead of telling them like, what do I want them to learn? It's to focus on what action do I want them to take? And it's like, I will give you the fish. I'll teach you how to fish. But then like, I'm going to give you like the history and like the reel and the rod. And you probably don't need those last two things. But I just felt like everyone needed to to know all those last two things. And so that's where it came back to me as being like, okay, Kate, just because you find this super interesting, is it ultimately going to end up to your goal of getting them to do things faster on repeat? It's like, well, probably not. Well, and do you think there is at all an element of we want to give so much value in our products because we don't want people to come back and say it wasn't worth it and that that fear drives a little bit of us overproducing? 
I 100%, at least I can, I don't know if I can speak for everyone else, but I can definitely speak for myself and probably for some of my students as well, which is why I always sort of draw them back to the question, is it going to help them get whatever your main goal is done faster? Or is it just going to give them another thing to do? And I think when we sort of think about it from that perspective of like, oh yeah, because one of my signature course that we had retired last year, she was huge. And I told everyone like, you can't take this course if you're one of those people that needs to watch every video and do every download because you will never get a chance to actually implement stuff. Like you need to use it as a resource library. Of, oh, I'm writing a sales page. Let me go watch that lesson. Oh, I want to revamp my welcome series. Let me go watch those because they go really in depth and not everyone has time to go really in depth. So I think that's the sort of thing that we need to remember too, is like everyone is super busy. Mm. I wonder, uh, you know, as you talk about like getting people from point A to point B as quickly as possible, I think what's interesting too is when we, when we, we almost want to smash so much into that too. And I think it continues to drive this thing of like, okay, I believe point A to point B, but I'm still going to put as much as I can in there because I'm afraid of the one. And I'm afraid of the one who's going to come to me and say, this wasn't worth it. I want a refund. And then what happens is we tend to go down that hill of like, oh my gosh, I didn't create a great product and this is totally horrible, right? When it's actually just one person. And so how do you, I guess, even when you're doing A to B, continue to fight that urge to overproduce? Or is it just there and you let somebody else handle the cutting room floor, if you will? (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes we flip the handle, the cutting room floor, but I think where it actually stems from is actually the first step. And it was the marketing point. It is about selling responsibly. So it is about making sure that like all of your content, your promotional material, your sales pages, your emails, again, the content you're putting out there is making it crystal clear on who this is for. The issue with, and the course was called Love Your List. She's now retired. The issue with Love Your List is that I was taking somebody that could have been a beginner, like as long as you knew your niche, I was like, you can be in this, to people that already had established businesses. Like one of our really great students, Mike, who has an amazing SEO course. Like Mike just wanted to scale his sales and he did it with the bonuses inside the course. He didn't need the rest of it. So honestly, I could have gotten away with that course if I had just been more specific about where my person was at at the time, rather than being like, I have to be everything to everyone to be like, okay, well, you know, if they can't write, you know, they can write good emails, but what if their sales pages stink? But like, if their sales page is great, but then their product is bad. So like, I kept on like adding those what if, what if, what ifs, rather than narrowing it back down to that person and what stage they're at. So it's like, if you just want to help a mom have some way to occupy her kid for a rainy afternoon, then like, that's all that you need to do for. You don't have to necessarily have it for, you know, you know, printouts for like every single holiday that you've got going on and then bonus activities and things for the car. No, it can just be coloring pages for a rainy day. That is perfectly okay. So I think if we truly bring it back to our marketing and like let people know like, hey, like this might be too advanced for you or this is gonna be too beginner for you. And guess what that opens up, guys? That opens up an opportunity for us to have next steps, whether they're beginner steps, like preliminary paid products that people should get or if they are bigger things. And then if you want to, you could technically sell, say like if your stuff has three stages, you could technically every once in a while sell a bundle of all three of them together at a slightly discounted rate or just cause. But I think that that's really where it comes down to is that selling responsibly and being like really crystal clear. It's like, this is who this person is for. This is the best situation because what will end up happening is you'll get less of that one person being like, oh, this wasn't good. It wasn't worth the money it probably wasn't worth the money for them because they never should have bought it in the first place. So 
Uh, here's an example. We very rarely ever, ever, ever get refund requests, not that, you know, for certain products, but one of them, the lady was like, oh, um, it was for email marketing fairy. She's like, these are too casual. Like I could never send them to the professionals that I'm after. And I'm like, the headline on the sales page talks about having stomach pains at the DMV from eating Taco Bell. Like you literally bought something where the headline is talking about diarrhea. Like, and even in the frequently asked questions, it boldly says, if you are trying to sell to an uptight professional audience, this isn't for you. <laughs> I'm like, so that's on you for not reading everything. But like, what, what did you expect? So that's why, again, it's so ever rarely that we get these things because we make it perfectly clear in our languaging who this is for, who this is not for. And that's how you can think to yourself, oh, you know what? This person just got into their cracks. They probably didn't even read anyways. Like, I know that it is great. So I think that's how we can get away from that is actually focusing on that responsible marketing and selling piece. So we have less people being like, oh, this wasn't worth the money. Right. Totally. Oh, there's so many things I want to go down, but I want to say, I want to take us to the 2024 kind of state of digital products. And I want to camp off of what you said about closing your kind of big comprehensive course. Cause we did the same thing with our collective membership. It was big and it was comprehensive in late 2022. I was like, this doesn't seem like it's serving people. It feels like it's so overwhelming that mm-hmm. you're going to get the people who come in and they're like, I want to watch everything. And it's like, that's not, that's not how we're serving you best. So we went to that model too of opening up a shop, going to digital products and saying, how can we have one thing and you consume it? And then when you're ready for the next, you know that this is your level and this is your level. And I think for me, and maybe you, this is what I'd love for you to tell me and the listeners is I started to see that at late 2022 and a lot more of that as well into 23, this kind of comprehensive course model or membership model kind of going away and moving into smaller digital products that people could consume in these bite size elements. It felt like they were moving themselves forward. They were learning in these small pieces instead of feeling overwhelmed. So that's what I'm seeing. But what are you seeing in 2024 when it comes to big courses, digital products, and kind of if you had to predict, where are we going with digital products in 24? I think actually kind of where we were heading a little bit in 2023, and it was something that you were definitely alluding to. And I had said this, especially because I don't want to say finally, but finally in 2023, the recession actually caught up with people's buying habits, if that made sense. And I've been saying since the beginning of last year, I'm like the mid tier $2,000 course is going to be the one that is most likely hit the hardest when it comes to the digital landscape, because that's what everybody had, right? I mean, again, this is like not bashing anyone, like, you know, like the Amy Porterfield styles, the B schools, all those, all great stuff. I have one of Amy's smaller courses. I don't know about her big course, um, but I'm assuming it's high quality because she's a high quality person. The issue is that people all of a sudden weren't willing to take the chance on a $2,000 course where they weren't going to either get any attention or they weren't going to be able to ask their questions. So what I ended up seeing in the digital landscape, or at least the circles that I was in, is that you had two very big divides. You had these smaller digital price things, anything under $200, um, anything. Um, we saw a lot of shops like our, our mutual friend, Monica Freeze, like she has an amazing digital shop um, that she helps people with. You've got that. And then you had high-end coaching. And that is where it's at. I don't want to say it was like the death of the middle class course, but that's kind of where it was at in 2023 to harken back where you are, where people either want high ticket, high touch, which deserves to have that higher price tag. 
And again, you're serving a different type of a person, someone that's a little bit more in, maybe they're all established. Again, they want that handholding, or you need these more bite-sized things so people can get in, get the results, and then they're going to want your next thing. And I think that it comes down to where you love to be the best, right? Like if you see yourself as more of a coach, like you're going to turn your $2,000 course into a higher ticket, whatever price you want to make it, 4,000, 5,000, I don't know, it's your business. And you're going to add, instead of just like a Facebook group where people could interact, you're going to add those calls. You're going to add reviews. And the reason why we shut down our course is that Loverless one, I had too much stuff. Two, it was getting too much of my time. And three, like people were getting stuck. So it's like, it wasn't technically serving anyone. And in order to get it at the price, like we tried to fix it a lot. And in order to get it at the price point where it needed to be, it would have had to have turned into a high-end coaching of about like that $4,000. But I personally did not have the drive at that time to coach at that level, to be that available. Like I, you know, I just, I didn't want it. I wanted a little bit more hands-off. And so it made more sense for us to retire the course, even though everyone loved it. Nobody's ever complained about it ever, which is great. It sells like hotcakes. Occasionally we'll bust it out for Black Friday. Um, but to be able to chunk it down and sell it to more appropriate parts, it's just where it makes sense. And that's what we're finally starting to do for ourselves. So again, just like you did with your collective, it's big, it's massive, it's overwhelming people, but my goal is to get them to get results. So it's always like, okay, where are people getting stuck? And now it's like, I need to give them a more definitive end. So our course that we have now about hosting bundles it's a very like definitive end. Like you host the bundle, it's done. And then we tell you how to revamp it to have a better one for next time. So it's very much like an A and B. But like with email marketing, you're always going to create something new. You're always going to have a new promotion. You're always going to have a newsletter. You're always going to need to revamp your welcome series. It's like, technically, it's never ending. So it was a little bit harder to even with milestones and then again, to get people through it. So I think it's people, they still want that personal touch. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you have to make sure that it's worth it for you in your headspace, that you are charging enough for it to get your personal time. I wouldn't tell anyone, you know, for, I mean, you can if you wanted to, but like for a $30 one-time purchase, I wouldn't give people unlimited you know, coaching access to you forever because you're going to get burned out and feel resentful at some point. So it's like, no, like let's give them the resources. If I ever want to do something as a live round, then we can have a special live round of things. Yeah. And I, I love that you said that because I think there's not enough emphasis on where is the time that is best spent for you as your as a business owner, as well as kind of um, what feels honoring to you in the way that you teach? And it's very easy in this online space to for like, I could take an example and say, well, Kate does it this way. So I'm going to do it that way, too. But it doesn't work because we have different schedules. We have different systems. We have different gifts and strengths and all those things within our business to where what works for one doesn't work for the other. So creating a digital product that aligns with what you want and what you don't want. And I applaud you for looking at this big comprehensive course that you had that was a success and saying, this doesn't feel like it's serving my audience, but it also feels like it doesn't serve me and my time and what I can give to my people anymore. And I feel like there's a better way that's more effective. I'm going to choose that. And I think that's been a, a hard lesson, right? For a lot of business owners in 23 and maybe even going into 24. So I, I know that it probably took a lot for you to shut down the collective as well, because I know that you guys really loved it. But again, when you get to that point where you're like, it's not like, yes, technically it's serving the bottom line, but is it really serving your audience in the best of integrity? And is it serving yourself in the best of integrity? And so it's really tough to make those decisions. So I want to applaud anybody for doing the brave thing. 
Yeah, I would agree too. We were joking about our joking slash wondering about our Facebook group that we used to have and we shut it down and it had 20,000 people. And sometimes I reflect and I think I'm sure somebody from the outside is looking in saying, why would you ever shut that down? Yeah. 20,000 people, blah, blah, blah. But the amount of manpower to actually run that group for free was just astronomical. And it's like, people don't see how much you have to do on the back end. It's like the same with the course. People don't see how much you have to do and how there's way more better use of your time. So, mm-hmm. especially if that's not your thing. Yeah. I think that's the exactly. biggest thing we brought in. Like, I know, like, one, uh, and she's a contributor to the bundle and she, we do everything together. My friend Faith, she freaking loves her Facebook group. She loves her free one. She loves mass running. She loves building community. That's what, like, gets her off. She absolutely freaking loves it. I'm like, mm, the introvert in me is like, nah. No, I'm kind of good. (laughs) So you've got, like you said, you've got to play to your strengths. And sometimes guys, and I want to give you permission. I know Kate does too. Sometimes you got to test out these different models to see what ends up sitting best for you. And maybe for a time period, it's going to feel really good to have a community or to do that membership. But you also can have a time and a season in your life where it's like, you know what? This doesn't really fit where I'm at right now. So I'm going to be brave enough and I'm going to change it and I'm going to alter it. And you're not going to alienate your audience, everyone. As long as you let everyone know what's coming and even why it's coming, they're going to be perfectly okay. Yeah, they will be. It's true. Everybody's going to have an opinion sometimes about what you're doing and what you're not doing, but it's someone else's opinion. So you're just going to let that slide on by because it's not important. Um, Okay, so I love that we went on this direction because I think... Let's say somebody listening is either there's two people, right? So one is thinking, yeah, I have a big course or I have a big membership and I am done with it. I'm kind of ready to take in, like maybe repackage some of that stuff into digital products. And then there's the person who thinks I have been doing so much for free for so long. I've been creating so much blog content, email content. I'm ready to start creating digital products for both of those people. It's the step towards the what next, right? Like, how do I even, what is my first step that I need to do to maybe create one or two digital products that feel awesome? What would they do? I I love that question so much. So it comes down to a little bit, uh, we're going to say the P word, a little bit about pricing and what sort of business model you plan on having and what stuff you love to do. So I did want to give that precursor. So I wouldn't suggest like, say you have like a lot of stuff and you love creating things and you're all about that. And you're like, I love the idea of a low cost $7 a month, $9 a month membership. You've seen other people do them. If you love that, you need to love marketing because that is a volume traffic game. You need to love to get on people's podcasts. You need to love to have an ads team. You need to market. Because I've had students that are like, oh, I really want to do this. And then when I ask them, do you like to market or do you just like to create paid content? They like the paid content. I'm like, that's not going to work. It has to be the other way around. So you need to sort of ask yourself, what sort of volume game do I want to play? So that way your pricing can be appropriate. So that's where it comes to that that first person or the second person, because I do think their camps are a little bit different and their thought processes need to be a little bit different, where it's like, do I have a large enough audience size if I want to do like a small low cost membership? Or does it need to have sort of a bigger price tag? Because again, we always do need to think of that. Or do I like doing all of those things? So that's really the first thing is like, what business model do we want to have? 
What price point are we going to have? And do we know the downfalls sort of of each? Because there's technically no wrong answer, everyone. And you're going to hate that. But it's the truth. I just I see a lot of people trying to go the low membership route because they think it's going to be easy to sell. And they don't realize that people still cancel $7 memberships, right? Again, you constantly have to be marketing those things. Again, that value exchange, you feel like you're giving them the moon and the sun for $7 and then they're not staying. You got to think of it that way. For the person that was like in both of our cases, so obviously you guys have your agency, which is great. Um, in our cases, where we're short of taking something big, it's like, okay, like let's stick it, take a step back. What out of this big course, like, do I still want to be known for this thing or do I want to make a different pivot? Right. That's sort of the first part. And then the second part to sort of look at is what part of your big thing, because I don't want you ever thinking like, oh, I can't recycle content. I wouldn't necessarily like, sell the exact same videos. I feel like <laughs> that might, you might need to you know, revamp the slides. And again, you've probably learned more since you've created that course. Is it something that you want to keep up? So I know that we've name dropped a lot of cool people here, but we'll take Monica, for example. A couple of years ago, she had her course on paid Pinterest ads. It made no sense for Monica to break that up into smaller parts because Pinterest, the platform is always changing. The back end is always changing. The whole reason why she didn't necessarily want to do that anymore is because she didn't want to have to keep re-recording the videos over and over and over again, right? So like, yeah, she could have like a general like getting started with Pinterest one. So that's another thing to think of is, again, for that big course, were you constantly having to update it because it was tech-based? I think that's like really sort of huge to look at as well. So it's like, okay... If I don't necessarily want to be updating things because screens are taking that long, what part of this big course was honestly my favorite to teach? And then that's what I would say is the part to sort of break it up. If you need some quote, you need money right now, what is something that's sort of easy to sell? Like, was there a template? Was there a bonus probably that's already made that you can package up, have a quick sales page written for it, and now you can sell it at it as is as the interim to still have that money coming in while you're sort of revamping and taking parts for parts. So it's like, again... What part of it did you love the most? What part is sort of easier for you to teach? And what sort of evergreen? Again, when it comes to if you're in the business to business space, things are always going to change. But like treating people like people is like people. Like sales isn't necessarily that different. Like granted, like the way that you can get in front of people are slightly different. But like a hook on TikTok and a hook on Instagram and a hook on email is probably going to be more similar than you think. Granted, styles are different. Like People, I think, try to use Instagram real tactics on TikTok and vice versa. You have to remember, because I think we forget that we're people. When people go on TikTok, they have an earbud in. When they go on Instagram, they're still reading. So that's why a reel that's just like caption, like written in the caption is going to get more attention than your face-to-face talk ones because no one's got an earbud in when they go to Instagram. <laughs> so yeah. you got to definitely pay attention to those market things. So that's kind of what I would look at again for that new person you know, what type of a volume game do you, you want to do? Do you always want to, again, a lower cost thing? But do you just want to start by having some standalone stuff? Granted, it doesn't have that reoccurring revenue, but it gives you opportunities to market other things afterwards. And then for the person that is more established, what thing did you love honestly teaching the most? And I would start with probably developing that sort of smaller product or the more condensed product first. So that way it's like, oh, everyone sort of knows you as this person. Then let's go ahead and talk about this thing. I love that you highlighted too that piece of what we talked about in the beginning, the marketing piece and then the content creation piece. And it, I think it is so important for you to identify where you land because I can tell right away, like your jam is marketing. Like you love the writing, you love that those pieces. But like I said before, you also have the content creation piece. I think that doesn't happen for everybody right away. And you definitely land in one camp. 
I am the opposite. I was like content creation all the way. I don't feel like a marketer. I'm just now getting my marketing legs, if you will. And it's taken me 10 years to figure out how to do it. And so having your identifying which one on either side where you are, I think is so, so important. So I think I love that you called that out. Okay, so people have created their digital products. They're ready to go. You mentioned, well, before I get to that, I'll say to the topic at hand, making people, making create digital products that people become addicted to buying them. What do you think one part of that magic is? Making people buy the first one, buy the second one, and then basically consuming all your products because they think it's so amazing. It is twofold. And ironically, it comes down to our best friends, marketing and content creation. The marketing aspect, people need to feel heard and understood. So your marketing, the reason why it's like, okay, you love marketing. I love people, right? And so I can tell you like one of our things, one of our other headlines for a different course is like, hey, if you've got 18 tabs open right now and your socks don't match, this is the productivity course for you. All of a sudden, they're like, how the crap did she know that I'm wearing a black sock and a white sock and I don't care? And that I find such a hard time when people are trying to put me in like color-coded boxes and like mapping out all 15 minutes of my day because it's never going to work. So the marketing aspect of that is being able to show people that you get them, you understand them, and that you've got something different for them, right? That's where that marketing aspect comes about being addicted. Because it's not like, oh... It's not just like, oh, do you struggle with email marketing? It's like, no. Would you rather be at the DMV with Taco Bell tummy than write your next email? How did she know? Mm. Like, <laughs> like you right. really get people. We call them moments, right? That's the headline for the email marketing fairy. Like, that's how people are like, oh, she gets me. She understands me. It's a more vivid example. And then that content aspect piece, get them results. <laughs> like, I know this sounds odd, right? But like, get them results. Try to get it as fast as you can. Again, we're not trying to make it like, oh, they spent, you know, $97 on a three-page ebook, right? Like, no, because obviously you're going to price appropriately. But like, that's how people get addicted to buying your things is you get them a result. It's like, oh my goodness, like I sent your email and it was just that one second one or the one email one and I got more responses than I ever had. So now all of a sudden, they associate me with good feelings and good aspects. So they're going to see what else I have. And I don't want you guys thinking like, oh my goodness, like, I, you know, I can't create product A because I don't know where B and C and D are going to be. Guess what? You can always go back and add to A to slightly mention product B, right? So like even in my smaller courses that are all under, uh, like they're all under 50 bucks. Actually, I think they're all under 40. Those smaller ones, I always talk about like, oh, and in this thing, it'll do this. Or in this course, you can go over there. So it's just reminding people about other things that you have. But again, the way that you get them addicted to buying your stuff Make sure that your sales pages, your emails that you're sending to people, it really, that is expressing that you get them and then actually deliver, right? And that's it. And again, your delivery doesn't have to be like, you're changing their entire world. You're helping them keep their plants alive. So when they walk into their office, they don't feel like a failure because their plants are dead. (laughs) Like, that's an amazing thing. You're making somebody very happy, right? So then it's like, oh, like, what else does she have? Like, I kept my house plant alive. She's got a gardening course. I mean, I, I don't know. I've never really grown tomatoes, but she managed to keep this alive. I, I guess I could try doing a plant garden, 
right? And so again, that's when those like, you can add in, I think people forget, you can add in wherever you're storing your digital products. Sometimes you can add in that next step. Or guess what? Even if you can't say you've got a delivery system that just delivers, say, um, an ebook, you can always send the list of people that have that ebook, like, here's a new bonus. Guess what? The new bonus, you're mentioning your new thing. It's like the one nugget and that thing will change so many other things. I can I have lots of experiences with that with digital products where I will buy them and I'm like, oh my gosh, I never knew that before. Or why didn't I think of that? Or they've presented it in a way that, like you said, to even the marketing happens in the side of the content where it's like, oh yeah, this was worth it. Because this has now changed so much of my workflow or so much of XYZ. And I don't think people put enough emphasis on the just one thing, because that's really all it takes sometimes to alter someone's success within a particular topic or idea, because they just needed someone to present it in a way that's like, oh, yeah, duh. Like, and it's, 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 I don't know. I mean, I just think that's for me when I think of all the products I've bought or even listening to people in, you know, conferences, if I can walk away with one thing sold. It was worth it because it's changed the trajectory of my business. 100%. And I think, again, you know, depending on, you know, like, oh, well, like, Kate, like I said, like, I'm, I hate the people who are like, I'm just, I'm just into your design. I'm just selling a budget binder. Like, I'm, just, no, you're not just, you're making somebody's life easier or better. Like, it's an amazing thing that you were brave enough to do. It, and it's an amazing thing that they are brave enough to bet on themselves and a little bit on you, obviously, uh, that you're going to be able to get it done. And I think that that is what's so magical, you know, about digital products. And I think that even if you are somebody who really does want to have higher ticket and a higher touch, I think that having an entry level product where people can start getting results to hear your voice, to be in your sphere, to know your teaching and coaching style, I think it's an excellent idea. Granted, you could always be selling that high ticket thing, but at least once a quarter, do like a little promotion, being like, hey, I know you can't get into our $4,000 mastermind that we have going on. But we have this $97 thing that we're pulling straight from that course, right? And then if you technically, if you wanted to, you could be like, and you can use that 97 to go to the 4,000. So you also have to remember, I know this sounds odd, but people will spend a lot of time planning out a value ladder, right? Or funnel. People like to just go wherever they want. Like, yeah, it's kind of nice in your head for you to have a path to people. But it's like, I've got some people like they'll get like this one course and then they'll get this other one and they'll get that one. And you're like, I don't know how they ended up here, but they did. Granted, it's like, you know, I kind of have things that make sense just because I've been here for a while. So I kind of know like an ideal order, but it's all right to let people hop around every once in a while. Hmm. So true. Because you never know where people are at in their business. Just like us, we're at different stages. It's not like we need something now or something later. And also to the point about $97 versus 4000 is sometimes in people's businesses, the $97 will elevate them to a place where they can afford the 4000 And that's really what you kind of hope is you're like, I want my stuff to be so good that you can take it, run with it and make a lot more money. And grow your business. Like, let's let's do it. Yeah, I don't want to brag, but there are... Uh, break um, away, Abby, uh, Abby helps me out in my inbox. I always call her my work wife slash she's the boss. And literally, we get emails every single week of people asking us to make something new so they can buy it from us because they bought everything already. Like, <laughs> that's so awesome like, i just i just need you to make something new and i'm sure kate's the same way right when you guys close your mouth, like what else like how else can i be in your sphere 
the reason why they're asking us this stuff, whether they implemented it or not, um, I like to assume that they implemented it and that's why they want to buy new stuff, is again, because like you said, we made it really clear who this was going to help. And we made sure that we put in the resources to get them the results that they wanted. Yes. I love, love, love that. You mentioned this a couple of times, the word bundle. Tell me a little bit about what you mean by bundle and how you would put your digital products together. So you're going to hear about, there's two different kinds of bundles. There's a, we're going to call like a self bundle for lack of a cool word. And then there is a collaborative bundle. So we're going to talk about a self bundle. So a self bundle is something that I would do every once in a while. Um, probably as like a flash sale or just like a promotion or I don't know, it's mint julep day. Why not? Where say you usually sell three, say workshops or templates, again, usually pretty low price or even like a mid, mid price, however you want to have it. And you're going to put those three things together for a limited time for a price. And you can choose, usually it'll be at like a slight discount. So we'll just say like everything by itself would have been a hundred dollars. And for a couple of days, people can get all three of them for a total of, you know, $70 or 75 or 80. So that's just how you can, again, if you're somebody that has a lot of content or maybe you shut down a membership and you're like, now what? You can sell all the resources individually in a digital shop format. And every once in a while, you can put things together so people can get more of a discount. That's just all it is. So then again, they got more of your goodness and they absolutely love it. So that's sort of like a self bundle. We like to do those for, um, let's see, sometimes I do them for my kid's birthday. Again, you can just pick up reason for anything. My kid's birthday, my birthday, Black Friday, we did two different bundles this year of just stuff that I have because I've been creating content for so long about so many different things, might as well put them all to good use. Um, so that's sort of that aspect of a self bundle. And I think that people really like buying those again, because they're getting tremendous value for a low price. So they're like, Oh, my goodness, like, I'm getting access to like 10 courses for $10. Like that's great. Or like 10 workshops for $10. That's great. And it's usually stuff again, it could be webinars that you're chopped off the end of it. It could have been templates that you formally offered. As long as you feel that the content is still relevant, then go ahead and bundle it together. Mm, I love that. Okay. So self bundle. Now what's the other type of bundle? So the other type of bundle, and this is, <laughs> you're going to be like, gosh, it gets emotional. I'm going to start talking fast because I get very excited by bundles especially collaborative bundles, because it is like my core belief that they change people's lives. And not just the people that are hosting the bundles, or even the people that are the collaborators in the bundles, but the people that register for the bundles, like literally everyone's lives are changing. So a collaborative bundle is where you get together with other creatives who serve your audience your ideal audience, ideally in a different way. Though technically you can have a little bit of overlap. So if we're in the B2B space, like say I'm a copywriter, I'd want to team up with a graphic designer, with somebody that does Instagram, with somebody that does Pinterest, with somebody you know that does course design, with somebody who's this, right? So we all have the same ideal person, somebody that wants to make money, ideally probably at the same page. And for a very limited time, I usually tell my students about five days, I wouldn't do any more than seven. To be honest, people are going to be able to get a bundled product. So everyone's going to throw in one of their digital products, either for free, people are going to be able to get it. And you would do that if you're really focused on growing your email list, or you can have it for like, say a low, a lower price, like, you know, $97, right? So that is how a bundle really works. So you can either do a free bundle, uh, a paid bundle, or you can do, uh, I don't know if anyone uses this term, but we use it, we call it a hybrid bundle, where it can have two different tiers. And the reason why they work so great, and like, we'll just use free bundles for this example, free bundles are, say you have like a big launch coming up in June, and you're like, I don't have that many people to talk to. 
with a free bundle, you could potentially add, we had one student, actually several students that went from a couple hundred people to 4,000 plus students in a week from running their bundle. Like it's very, very common. And they made money on the back end because with a free bundle, you can have things like upsells. You can have things like affiliate links because again, when people are registering for this free bundle, they're honestly so grateful because they might not have had the money or the resources to get these things before that they're going to want to do something to help you out. They're going to want to stick around. The reciprocity is huge. And that's where it's really like life-changing and business-changing for your registrants because they wouldn't have been able to get this. They wouldn't have had that exposure. And so you're getting like 4,000 new people on your email list to hang out with. Your contributors are getting like 1,000 new people. I don't know about you, but like if somebody else gets me 1,000 new people on my list and all I had to do is send out a pre-written email that somebody else actually wrote... I'm all for it. Like, uh, yeah, 100% every day, twice on Sunday. Right? Then money to Zuckerberg, right? Like, I love that. So then the contributors end up loving you. And this is how you can become somebody who is a little bit of an unknown to known. This is how you can make friends online. Like, if you've always like, oh, man, I would have loved to work with her. But like, it's so weird being like, hey, like, and this is where it helps. Like when you pitch and we talk about this in our course, like, know what that other person does. Like, hey, like, I know that you usually kind of launch around the summertime. Can I help you grow your list by putting you in this bundle? And here's how it works. And here's this other stuff. Paid bundles are absolutely fantastic because they're a great way, especially even if you're just starting out, they're a great way to have your first five-figure plus launch because usually you're selling them for about $97. Why I tell people to choose a free over a paid bundle is usually, again, what's the size of your audience? Usually. And, you know, how established are you? And how good are you? Honestly, for bundles, this is a downfall. How good are you are wrangling cats? <laughs> what I mean by yeah. wrangling cats is the allure of a paid bundle is you want to have just more contributors in general, because say someone's paying $100, they might not be that excited that say they're only getting 20 courses. Whereas for a free bundle, everyone is freaking stoked that they're getting access to 20 things for free, right? I know, isn't that so crazy? So going to have that more list growth, right? So mm -hmm. with a paid bundle, if you have never done anything like a summit or even... This is why I tell people, granted, they can do what they want. They're the boss. But I tell people to start with free so they get used to dealing with that back and forth with other people's tech glitches, that they can have those good results of, you know what? I went from 500 people on my list to 2,000. That's business changing, right? And now I know what I'm doing. I've got some people saying how great my stuff is. I'm going to run a paid bundle. I'm going to get more people in here. And you know what? We're going to make 24,000, 50,000, like... We're going to make some more money with this bad boy. Host it once a year, host it twice a year. I have some students that all they do is host bundles. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, knock your socks off. So that is why I love collaborative bundles so much because you can affect not only your own life, not only all of your contributors' life, because you can have a great bundle with five people, especially a free one, with five people's lives because now all of a sudden they've got a couple extra hundred people that they would have had to pay a thousand plus dollars to get with ads. And the people that got this stuff, I'm not going to guarantee that they're going to go through it, but they at least had an opportunity to get really high quality things for free or dirt cheap. And like, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. Like, it's just, it's so, and then again, and then again, because I get all mushy about this stuff and then they implement the stuff that they learned in the bundle. And now they're having a better day. And now their family is having a better day. Like the ripple effect of this is just huge. Like it's unbelievably huge. 
And that is why I love bundles. And also, you never technically have to get on camera. So if you're an introvert or you're like me and Kate, who are gym ladies now, and we like to just, you know, go to the gym all the time. And so we're usually in our active wear. Um, we got gym hair. We don't have to worry about looking nice to host a summit. Uh, we, can, we can just yep. write emails and throw our manicured picture headshot up so people can know who we are. Yep, that is correct. I actually am fresh from the gym. So you nailed it. It's like, that's why we're doing this podcast without video. People are like, you should do video. I'm like, do you know how much work that is? It's not that I would rather work out at the gym. Pass. <laughs> Kate and I yeah. love, as I tell everyone, my hobby is lifting rainbow circles off the ground because I lift the kilo plates. I'm like, that's yep. my hobby. I want to crush myself. Crush myself with some iron. That's what I, I do for fun. It. So good. Um, okay. So speaking of bundles, a great segue, you have one coming up. Can you talk a little bit about that? All right. So we have the back to business bundle. We've been hosting them since 2019. It's not technically the fifth one because we host it usually several times a year back in the day. So I don't even know what one we're at. We'll just say that it's number nine. Who knows? And so for this year, we have done it our biggest bundle ever. So we're doing a hybrid bundle, which means we have both a free and a paid tier. So in our free tier, it's any item that a contributor gave us that actually sells on their website because we went investigating and we wouldn't let people in if they didn't. They actually sell on their website for $49 or less. You're going to be able to get it for free for a week if you sign up for the free tier. For the paid tier, obviously you get access to everything that's free, but you get an additional 77 courses and resources that sell for over $50. Somebody actually put in their signature course that sells for $1,000. I was like, are you sure? And they're like, yes. Yeah. So the actual, like if you, I'm not saying everyone would, but if you go and you bought seven, every single $77 resource, you would spend $14,000 and it's $97. And because again, I know a downfall of bundles is that people get really overwhelmed. We have roadmaps. So that way you can say like, what resources that you should go to when in the premium one, we have what we are calling like action hours, because I'm very big. So we have some contributors that are hosting an hour long where you can go through the product with them, ask them some questions that you have. We've got panel discussions for this one. And again, a normal bundle, you don't have to do all these bells and whistles. We've just done this for a while. We've got a free pop-up Facebook group going with the bundle. So we have a bingo card with um, different prizes that you can win by taking different actions. We have an upgrades contest. So if you happen to win bingo that day and say you bought, we have a bundle booster one where you get a little extra time to be able to get everything in the free tier. Um, if you upgrade to that and then you win the bingo, then you can get the premium one for free. We have a lot of amazing stuff going on with the Back to Business bundle. Like I said, just in the premium tier, it's $14,000 worth of things. I'm like, this is amazing. I absolutely. And, and to help people out, because again, I'm always on both ends of things. This year, we are using a software that makes it so easy for you to search by topic, by price point, by niche, by type, because maybe you really like audio, so you can find by audio. If you want to know Pinterest stuff, just saying Kate's in there, uh, you can search for Pinterest. So that way you can see like, okay, here is where I'm struggling the most in my business verticals. And we'll talk about what those are inside the bundle. So that way everyone kind of knows what we're talking about. What is going to help me with the biggest bottleneck that I've got going on in my business? And then you go and do those resources and you're off to the races. So that is going to be opened from, it's the week of Valentine's Day. So it's from February 12th until February 16th is when you'll be able to purchase or sign up for the free or the premium bundle. But we also have a free ebook that we're giving away in the interim, um, which is going to be available January 29th called 
productivity powerhouse where I got 70 of our contributors to tell me, what's the one thing that you do every day in your business to actually get stuff done? So we've got that. And we also have a free workshop to sort of kick off the bundle that's going to be going on the week before. It's going to be going on on that Wednesday. I want to make sure that I get the exact date. I believe it's the 8th off of the top of my head. Yes, it's the 8th. And that workshop is called Little List Big Profit. So I'm going to talk about the bundle at the beginning. And we do have prizes because I like to give away prizes to people who decide to invest in the bundle early during it. But this is like an actual like workshop. Like I'm going to chop off the parts where I talk about the bundle and I'm going to sell this bad boy after. So if you're like, I've got a tiny list. I don't really know how to talk to my people. I'm not quite sure what's going on. Then you can definitely sign up for that. And the replay is going to be available for people in the premium tier in the bundle booster tier. And we've got all the links for all the goodness down below for you guys. Yes, of course. I love it. I'm so excited for you. And I have to say, like, it is so um, contagious, your excitement for these pieces, which I think leads to helping people create products that people are addicted to buying. Because when you're excited about it, I think your audience feels it. When you have energy for it, your audience feels it. And I feel that from you. And I'm so excited to participate in this bundle. And we've been a participant before. And I think it's just super cool to... I love helping with people with Pinterest. You love creating digital products and pulling people together in this bundle. And it's very communal. And like you said, you love community and kind of bringing people together. So well done. Great job. And I hope that this impacts more business owners, help them have more growth, and that it impacts especially new business owners who are just coming into this online landscape in 2024. And they're trying to figure out where they go, where they fit, how they're wired, all these things, and that this helps them get to the next stage where they can keep growing and keep leveling up. So bravo to you for putting this together. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Like I said, it's my mission to make sure that good people can make good money. And this, like I said, everybody just wins. I'm like, there's no losers in this. Absolutely none. (laughs) Yeah, so true. Well, Kate Doster, thank you for coming on the podcast again. Thank you for hosting this bundle. And like you said, we'll have all the links down below in the show notes. And you, of course, can ask either of us any questions. We are both on Instagram. You can find us there. We'll link below in the show notes as well. So thanks again, Kate, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having it. Thank you guys for listening. 